grab I can't lose coming across her airways Podcasting, bike riding except for Saturdays Just kid not the serious with his Jew though Every day making moves with his biz sumo He got airwaves the last when he's making his entrepreneurial podcast Mexican food to him is very holy Ordering carnitos tacos with a style of guacamole Noah Kagan presents Noah Kagan presents Noah Kagan presents Noah Kagan presents Alright, what is up you beautiful bastards? It's your boy Right Hook, aka Rabbi Can't Lose, aka Noah Kagan. In today's episode, I'm going to be recapping my favorite things from 2019. This is a really fun exercise to scan through all of my notes, all of the books, all of the movies uh, that really made a huge impact on me and hopefully can benefit you in 2019. I consolidate all of them into a few major categories. In this episode, you're going to learn three big things. Number one, my top three favorite books and why I loved them. Two, my favorite articles and movies and why you should go watch them and check them out. And number three, my favorite quotes from the year, plus some bonus things I'm excited about in marketing for 2020. Enjoy those three things, plus a bunch more ear nuggets along the way. Before we jump into the conversation, go subscribe to okdork.com slash weekly. These are short, fun emails with insightful marketing tactics that you're going to go use yourself. Also, a special pre-show shout out to listener Sun S. He said, congrats on getting engaged. Thank you so much, Sun. I really appreciate it. If you want to shout out in a future episode, go leave an iTunes review. I check every single one of them. All right, let's jump right in to my favorites of 2019, books. So if you have any favorites of 2019, I would love for you to send them to me. I'm gonna email out all these favorites, hit reply on that email, okdork.com slash weekly if you're not subscribed, and let me know your favorite of 2019. And one thing that might be interesting, I don't know if you guys all do this, a few of you are asking, how am I gonna remember these books? How am I gonna remember these movies and articles? And how do I actually track it? I actually think that's been pretty interesting for me. It made it easy. So what I did is that I just used different services to track all these things all year, and I went back and went through every single one. So for books, as we're getting into the book category, it's goodreads.com slash Noah Kagan, and you can look up every single book I read and my rating on it if you're curious to see the things I'm reading. All right, let's jump right in. Books. So my first off favorite book of the year was, drumroll, trumpet, The Secret Race by Tyler Hamilton. It was not on any list. This is actually a book from the 2000s or 2012, a while ago. I stumbled upon it, and it is about Lance Armstrong's biking teammate. And so if you're not a cyclist, it's okay. You'll still love this book. I've recommended it to a lot of people already, and they've loved The Secret Race. And the thing that's really interesting is I assumed that when people were doing all the doping, that it would make them that much better of a biker. I don't know. Isn't that what you thought? Where injected it in their butt, and now they get to ride a lot faster. It actually only really made a small difference. But so many people were doping, and these are such like impressive athletes. It only made like a few percent difference, but that's what it took to win the Tour de France and these amazing things. There's a lot of behind the scenes in their training, about the drama, about Lance, about Tyler. Really wild book, highly recommend. The next book I enjoyed the most this year was a fiction book called Beat the Reaper, not Beat the Rapper, by Josh Bazell. And so he hasn't had a book in a while, but this came out in 2008. I think I got it off Ryan Holiday's reading list. And the book is about this guy who's a doctor and he uses all his doctor and fighting skills and then like these bad guys are after him. If you're just looking for a quick holiday, enjoyable read, you're going to digest this and kill it. And the last book that I really enjoyed of the year was Being Nixon. So this was another, I think Ryan Holiday recommend, dude, two for three, bro. So Being Nixon by Evan Thomas. If you're an American or you're not American, you've probably heard of Nixon. He does that peace sign, America. He doesn't sound like a cowboy. With Nixon, you don't really know. You know he got impeached. I knew he was from California. I knew he seems to be very sweaty and he was involved in the Vietnam War, 
but you don't really know how he got there. And you don't really know when he did there. And he did a lot better things than I even expected. And, you know, he had a really interesting life. And so sometimes with people, you like them more when you hear their stories. So I really enjoyed hearing just more about Nixon. And it definitely made me curious, like, who else is out there that I'm going to go check out? So those are my favorite books. I'd love to hear what are your top favorite books. If you're on my newsletter, uh, send out an email, just hit reply. And if you're not, okdork.com slash weekly. All right, here are my three favorite movies of the year. I have a private blog that I write and rank every movie. It's The name is too stupid. It's I watch too many movies.blogspot.com. Don't even go there. But I basically rank every single movie I watch. First off was Avicii True Stories. So I try to pick things that you probably favorites for you and you haven't heard of these ones yet. But Avicii, I think I randomly saw it on Netflix. And it's a story about his rise. And it is insane. You really just think, okay, he puts on those beats. Boom, 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 boom. And you're just like, all right, dude, I get it. But this guy was a workaholic and a real innovator in the music space, which I really connected with. And then his ending was pretty tragic. He's like, look, I want to stop. I need out. And I guess there's just too much money and too much pressure. And so he kind of kept forcing him to get going. Really interesting story. Highly recommend it. Avicii, true stories. Next up is a comedy, uh, Good Boys. It's kind of like American Pie was the older generation. And then there's 40-year-old virgin. And Good Boys is like that same genre of humor where these little kids go on an adventure and drugs and women and all that stuff. It's a good, it's the new Home Alone, you might say. So check that out, Good Boys. And the last movie is one of those airplane movies. You guys know what I'm talking about, airplane movies? Where you've only, you're like, I would never watch this normally, but it's on the airplane, so I'll check this out. This is one of those. It's called Papillion. And it turns out it's actually a true story of a thief. And he's in jail. I believe it's French Papillon for our French audience listeners out there. And it was just a really interesting tale about this guy and his life in jail and what happened being in jail. So I would check that out. Those are the three movies of the year. All right. This now is my favorite reads of the entire 2019. I went through all of my Git Pocket. For articles, I track every single one of my articles on Git Pocket. So my username on Git Pocket is Noah Kagan. If you want to see the things I'm recommending, and you could check those out there, it's getpocket.com slash at Noah Kagan, and you can see other articles. So I went through every single one of the articles I read in 2019. Here are my three favorite or four, I have a bonus for you, articles that I really enjoyed, I highly recommend. They're also in the show notes for you to go dig out. What really happens when you become an overnight millionaire? I hope a lot of you have already seen this one. It was a really enjoyable read. It was about the RX bar founder. You know, those bars that only has like four ingredients on them. You've seen them at Trader Joe's, you see them everywhere. It was actually two guys out of Chicago, I believe unfunded. They ended up selling their business for $600 million. And so I'm sure they struggled and had a lot more challenges than any article appears. But I think the thing that was so fascinating about this article was what do you do once you've gotten hundreds of millions of dollars? And so he talked about how does he stay humble, the challenges of being successful. There's a book called The Second Mountain. I haven't recommended it, but it's basically what happens when you've hit the top of what you thought you would do and how do you go to the next level. One of the quotes I really enjoyed from this article was that Rahal has to rough up his life so he doesn't get too comfortable. He says that the sense of adversity has gotten him this far. And so he discussed how he puts himself in middle class seats, middle seats, middle class seats. That's actually pretty funny. And other things that he does intentionally so his life is not too luxurious so he stays hungry. One of the quotes that uh, we were actually talking about lunch day I thought was super funny was it's a boxing quote. I don't remember who said it, but it's hard to get up and be hungry when you wake up in silk pajamas. And isn't that good? It's hard to be hungry when you wake up in silk pajamas. Shout out to JR for, uh, for calling me out on that one. All right, next article of the year up is Satya Nadella's email to employees. So this is uh, Satya who become the CEO of Microsoft. He's fixed it all around. The tablet's done well. Azure is doing well. Microsoft One Office. The team thing is not killing Slack, but it's doing really well. And so how did he rally the company? And this is an email where it was really touching. He talked about his family, his son, 
Why is that Microsoft? That they're going to be successful in uniting the business? And one of the quotes that really stuck with me was, I truly believe that each of us must find meaning in our work. The best work happens when you know that it's not just work, but something that will improve other people's lives. And he talks about Microsoft's belief is to do more and productivity as something that they can help accomplish in many years to come. And so I thought it was really inspiring to get insights on how he's been able to turn that company around and how Bomber messed it up so badly. He didn't say that in the article, but that's what I think. The third article of the year is Andy John's, highly recommend. It's called A Balanced Approach to Growth. And so he's one of the original growth guys out in the Bay Area, was at Facebook. He did Wealthfront. He's done all these different things. And then he wrote this article that, frankly, is going to be a book, and I'm going to highly recommend it. This article is insane. It's changed my way of thinking about business. And what Andy talks about that I think is the key thing is about innovation versus optimization in your business. And how does your team structure reflect that? So specifically when I'm discussing this, I'm saying, or when I'm thinking about it, our business is that optimization is like A-B testing something. So if you're running an e-commerce store or if you're testing titles, you're doing micro optimizations, like change the color, change the text, change the photos, redo this landing page. Those improvements will get you five to 25%. An innovation change is going to get you a hundred to a thousand percent improvement in your business. So if you think about it like a graph, There's the rate that the slope is going, the rate that the curve is going, and then how high the curve is. So innovation moves your curve way up on the graph, and optimization changes the degree of how fast that curve is going up. And so he talks about how different times in your business, you need to be doing different pieces, and you need to be balancing maybe more innovation at some parts versus maybe some startups, if you guys know what I'm saying, like they're optimizing way too soon, which doesn't really make any difference. And so he talks about that and then talks about how do you stretch your team to represent that better and how he did that himself. Highly recommend going into that read. Really, really well done. Last up is the history of Amazon Prime. So every single one of you that is in America, I would bet, has Amazon Prime. But I think we take for granted and we don't realize how that actually came to be and how challenging that decision was. And so it talks about all the insiders and what they actually did to get to the point where Amazon Prime came out, how it was not necessarily financially super profitable. They said, we're going to do it. Some of the things they said, the line that really stuck with me was Jeff Bezos said, I want to draw a moat around our best customers. We're not going to take our best customers for granted. And that's something that really stuck with me where a lot of us are like, let's give discounts or freebies to new customers. And it kind of is an F you to all the people who are our best customers. And so I think it's really thinking about how do we treat these people better? What are the core problems really holding them back? Because some of the shipping at Amazon at the time was like $25 super saver shipping is really confusing. The thing that, you know, Bezos now, everyone loves him, but it was thinking longer term and saying, all right, what is something a little bit more long term that will create an insane business? So I highly recommend checking out the history of Amazon Prime. Quotes of the year. These are the top rated tweets. So most likes. So it's twitter.com slash Noah Kagan. These are the quotes and tweets that you guys were like, yo, I like this one. So check it out if you want to see more quotes. First one, I wrote this one just super quickly. It was about my friend had 25,000 emails in Gmail. I created a filter to delete everything with the word unsubscribe in it, and he's now at 100 emails. And so even Gmail retweeted that, which is probably a bucket list. could pretty much die right now because I'm I'm so happy. Knock on wood. I don't want to die yet. But I just thought it was really interesting that these productivity tips work so well. But yeah, that was one where just he had so many emails and it's just like, let's simplify it. If you have this many outstanding, you're not looking at any of them. Let's just get rid of them. Number two, help yourself. No one is coming to save you. This is something that comes in my life every three months where I want someone to help. I want to give up and I want someone to take care of me or do it for me and they don't come. And I like thinking and as a reminder, like, all right, you got to get off your ass. You got to step up, get your chin back up and go solve it yourself. No one's coming. And that is something I'm really excited that you guys resonated with it because it's definitely touched me a lot. Uh, And the last one was the most underrated job in tech companies today, email marketer. 
So I was talking with Alona. She runs email and content over at AppSumo.com, which you should sign up for if you run a small business. And the job and value for an email marketer is just so high in business today. And I think most companies undervalue it, especially in e-commerce, a lot in freelancing, a lot in like info marketing. There's just so much value if you can have someone who's an expert and dedicated to it versus so many businesses I meet and a lot of our business has been built on email. Is like, oh yeah, we do it once a week or there's not really a program, there's not really a strategy. And, and I think if you put someone that's dedicated, that's treating your business like a professional, I think email marketing is it's definitely one of the main roles to be hiring as your business grows. All right, here are the three marketing observations and things I'm excited for next year. And I'm going to do in a whole episode called Marketing 2020. It's my favorite thing you guys like that I do it. So here are the three that, one that I've seen this year that I'm going to be doing because I like it so much. A lot of the marketing that I always find and do that maybe some of you guys have seen is because I observe other businesses and industries and verticals and I test it out in my own way and see what works and what doesn't. The first off was Sticker Mule. These guys designed the original AppSumo logo. They've really grown their business well. I think a lot of times in business, all you have to do is just persist. If you can just persevere and persist for long periods of time, eventually you will be successful. These guys are still around. Their marketing is stronger than ever. And the thing that they did, which I'm copying in January, you're hearing it first, they did 100 days of giveaways. Yes, 100 days of giveaways. So they went out and got a tremendous amount of products across the board and did a giveaway every single day. And so we're doing that with OK Dork, and you're going to be a part of it, where every single day in January, we're going to be giving away my favorite products. So we've reached out to every single one of the different products in health, food, fitness, clothing, all these different categories. And each day, we're going to be giving out a new one in hopes of one, hooking you up with cool stuff and promoting cool companies, and two, growing the Dork audience. So that was number one of the year. Two other things that I am experimenting with next year in 2020, and I've also seen really interesting results, are Facebook groups number two. So this is something that I was talking with Sam Parr of the hustle.co. I don't know why I can't get the .com, but it is what it is. It's an interesting way of growing your audience and communicating with them in a new medium. So the challenge with your audience is that they're all over the place. And sometimes as much as we want to send just emails and reach them, you know, most people are getting 20 to 30% open rates. So how do you reach that 70% of your other audience and hopefully without paying? or reach new audiences and ideally without paying. So there's content marketing, there's Instagram and social. I think Facebook groups is a, a really interesting way of building up a newer audience and getting people to refer in because a lot of the audience is on Facebook. And it's something that I've started experimenting, putting in my autoresponder uh, and started encouraging people as, hey, we're going to build a community around this. Uh, so let's let's try it out. So it's facebook.com slash groups slash okdork facebook.com slash groups slash okdork. Go join it on your phone. It's free. It's basically a chance to meet super smart people. Talk to me and not that talking to me is that great, but I'll be talking with you about your marketing and sharing things like clean January is coming up, which means it's a month of no drinking, no smoking. I know there's sober October, but they still smoke weed. And I'm saying clean, clean eating, clean exercising, no drinking, no smoking. Come check that out with me. Clean January. We're going to do it in the Facebook group. We're also doing dirty December right now, which is, is not going well. I'm being a little too dirty with the eating and drinking. But I like it. And also, I'm growing my beard out. But the Facebook groups, I think, is a marketing channel. Just really interesting. And, and I, my friend Billy commented that, do you want to give Facebook the control? And I'm like, hell no. But I don't see it as the destination. I see it as a channel into my, my communication, which would be on the email or on my website. This is a way of potentially reaching new audience. And so I think it's always good to try new marketing activities out. You never know which one's going to work. And generally, the ones that aren't super abused or super mainstream have opportunities. It's the ones that everyone's already known about, like Facebook ads, that I think you're paying a premium for. And then the last thing I started experimenting with, and I'm going to talk about more in the upcoming episode, is weekly emails. And so it's not necessarily a weekly email because people are like, oh, how many times should I send an email? 
I think the bigger thing is how are you creating a communication experience with your customer that they look forward to? So I'm not saying to email daily. I'm not saying to email monthly. But in my observation is how can I grow active, engaged audience with my material? And what I was noticing is that the podcast, even though it's every Thursday, it's, it reaches some part of it. And I was emailing infrequently and my frequent emails, they kind of scattered and it's just like once a month or every other week. And the emails are like, go click on this link to read my podcast, go do this. And it was pretty selfish. And so I'm rethinking it about how do I create kind of a TV show Netflix experience where you're looking forward to the next episode. I guess you would get them all at once at Netflix, but you look forward to something and each week it's pretty consistent. I think a few people, Tim, James Clear, I mean, Morning Brew, The Hustle have started it as a trend. I can see more businesses trying to be more consistent with it, not necessarily just having to put out blog posts and put that in an email or just one-sided emails, but an actual email that's really digestible as more things have come to the phone and you know, 15-second increments, and it's consistent on the weekly basis. I think daily, I've just observed that I burn out personally, and nor do I think I have things daily that I want to share. And I think the other thing with if you're doing a weekly email for your business with your customers, figure out your angle. That's something I'm really thinking about. We're like, who are you? And what are you excited to send out every week? And what are you excited to receive? So a lot of what I get excited about is startups and marketing. So I'm focusing the emails on marketing. So every email will have something about marketing specifically. Plus, it'll include potentially a podcast we're doing like this one, which is the favorites of 2019, or other things we're learning in general. Like I read an interesting article about domain names. I was like, oh, that's cool. I think people who are interested in startups and marketing will like that. So that's the three. And that's just a teaser of what I'm going to do for marketing 2020. These are my favorites in 2019. Join the Facebook group if you want to participate in something brand new, facebook.com slash groups slash okdork. Make sure you join the newsletter, the weekly one I just talked about, and you can see if you actually find it interesting. Maybe you can copy it for yourself and your own audience. That's going to be at okdork.com slash weekly. I love you guys. It's been an amazing 2019. I would say if I had a rate this year, I would say it's like an 8.9. I like 8.9. You know why? Because you get the A minus, but you didn't have to do all the work for the A. It's like a great deal. And I love a great deal. Yeah, it's been a wild year. I got engaged. I loved every one of you guys. I did a podcast every single week this year. And whenever I get to hear from you guys or girls that you said you listened to it and it benefited you and you did these things and used them in your business, it blows my mind. It truly, it doesn't blow my mind because then I'd be dead, but it figuratively blows my mind. So podcasts have been great. We've had a lot of challenges in the sumo world, which have been hard but fulfilling. I think that's always what you need to be aiming for or what I've been aiming for. So we launched FAM. That's been a challenge, but you know, we're working through it. AppSumo's done really well promoting software. So if you're creating software, go put it up on AppSumo. If you need new solutions and software to run your business better, go check out AppSumo.com. Coming out in the beginning of the year, I'll do a goals episode again, where I'm going to share every single goal that I'm planning in 2020, as well as I'll be giving you guys a template to help you guys if you want to do your own goals and set them out in 2020 to come. So kick a bunch of fucking ass, have an amazing end of the year, and I look forward to playing and partying with you more in 2020. That is a wrap. That's a wrap. We're going to wrap it. Yo, dog, I'm rapping. No. So I hope you liked the episode. If you did, come on, join the newsletter, okdork.com slash weekly. Go join the Facebook group. You can get their quick redirect is okdork.com slash group. I love doing these every Thursday. I'm going to keep doing them all next year. I want you to go now. Text a friend you love them. Like, yo, dog, let's start a book club together. Let's read My Little Pony. Before you go, let me know what you thought about the episode by replying to my weekly newsletter with your favorites of the year. I want to hear from you. I love all your replies. And his final special thanks to Jason at podcasttech.com, as always, for making these podcasts sound so fresh and squeaky, fresh, freaky for freaky. Thank you to Sean, David, and Mitchell at the Dork Team. And a special shout out to Blitz. It's my boy. He's a dog. I assume him this week. Just to let you know, woof, woof, woof. What do you prefer? Mac or PC? PC.